When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, friends. This is Lindsay, your local late-blooming lesbian. And today, I'm going to talk to you about whether your abuser was a hero or a villain. In the beginning of your relationship, when you thought that one thing was happening, but now you're out of it looking back, or maybe you're still in it looking back, and you're realizing that all the things that you had praised them for or been thankful for, it turns out that there was a little bit more going on behind the scenes. Let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, so before we begin, I'm going to do my usual disclaimer and remind you all that I am not an expert. I'm not a therapist. I don't have any training. I haven't um, you know, written a book on the subject. I'm just coming at you with two and a half years of experience living with and attempting a relationship with an abusive partner. So whatever you hear in my podcast, please take it with a grain of salt. Um, I am just here to help validate and support people who have been in these kinds of situations and to hopefully educate people on what abuse can look like in a relationship and especially what it can look like in a queer relationship. Also, keep in mind that our abusers may not be the exact same and what I say might not um, be um, relatable to you or it could be exactly the same. It all just depends. So keep that in mind and uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, so when my relationship first began with my abuser in May of 2019, there was a lot going on that at the time I thought was just absolutely meant to be, which we've already talked about. I have a whole episode on love bombing. If you know anything about narcissistic abuse, you know that the beginning is usually quote unquote perfect, or we think it is because we're missing the red flags. Um... When these relationships begin, a narcissist is always, uh, sorry, I don't want to use the word always, is usually giving you every single thing that you could ever want or need and making you feel like you have found your soulmate. And I absolutely remember feeling like that. I remember thinking, you know, oh my goodness, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been missing in all my other relationships. This is amazing. This person is on the same page as me in terms of you know, what to do with my kiddo, how much time to spend together, um, all the things. In my case, I was in a super vulnerable place when my abuser came along, which I'm assuming many of you can relate to. Um, I was alone with my son. He was about a year and a half old. It was just me and him. I had three dogs at the time. I was taking care of a house Um, we, I I was, I was breastfeeding and co-sleeping and just really run down. And so my kiddo and I, well, he wasn't, he was pretty good. He didn't know, but I was pretty much in survival mode at the time. 
Uh, trigger warning, this story is about to get kind of sad and it involves pet loss. Um, in May of 2019, um, and I'm not going to go really deep into what happened, but my little Yorkie, who was three pounds, she was seven years old, she was always by my side, was freakishly killed by our lab mix. Um, and it happened right in front of me while I was holding my son. We were home alone, you know, at night. It was almost bedtime and I could not cope. I did not know what to do with her. Her name was Millie, by the way, because we like to remember our babies. Um, and I had seen my ex at the park the day before because we had um, mutual friends. We all went to the same gym. I was coaching at the gym. They went to the gym. Um, and yeah, we both got invited to a party and we had talked there for a little bit. Now, at the time, most of my friends were moms. They had little kids. Um, I was pretty sure that they were, you know, also home alone because um, we were all kind of in the same boat with not having partners around. And um, I did not want to call someone who had a kid who would have to pack their kid, come over. And I knew that my ex did not have a kid. I didn't know if they had a partner. I didn't know who they lived with. But I ended up um, calling them on on Instagram because um, I didn't have their number. And they picked up and they were like, "What? Are you, why are you calling me on? And they saw my face. I had been crying, like just absolutely freaking out. And I said what happened. And they came over immediately and helped me. Um, I ended up staying at their house that night. Nothing happened. They just like knew that I wouldn't want to stay in my house alone after that had happened. Um, I may or may not have said this, but they did. They took care of my dog. They took, they helped me book a ticket home so I could go be with my family. Um, and obviously I feel like, you know, that's kind of just like a normal thing to do to help someone who's in that kind of distress to like help them, you know, pack a bag, make sure that, um, I, and I think someone else helped, came over another day and helped me pack my bag, but just like help them through that horrible time. Um, and then they ended up watching my other dog for me for about a week while I was with my family. After that, um, my son and I came back from having been with my family and, you know, my dog was returned to me and nothing much happened for the first like week or so. And then, um, they invited me out for a drink. I, um, I remember that they said, you know, that they were concerned about me, you know, my, my mental health and of course, um, having lost a pet like that. So suddenly and devastatingly, and that they just like wanted to sit down and chat with me and like have a beer. And so I ended up, um, well, originally we were going to do yoga together. And then when I got there, they said, let's just grab a beer. And so I had a babysitter for the first time in ages. And I went out with them and some other people from the gym heard that we were going. So they kind of invited themselves along, which is great. Cause at the time I just didn't think, you know, that we were trying to be alone and I am an Enneagram seven. So the more the merrier, and as I was walking out after, you know, everyone had had like a beer or two, they kind of followed me out to my car and they were like, hey, do you want to come over? And so we went, you know, I was like, okay, sure. Let me go let the other dog out and, you know, I'll be right over. Um, it was like, you know, later. So the babysitter had offered to keep my kiddo for the night. Um, anyway, so I went over there and I'm not going to talk about what happened that first night. That's for another episode of like the, um, how the love bombing began. I might've already talked about that, but like the sob stories and the things like that, that kind of lure you into falling into their little world, um, whatever you want to call it. 
Anyway, so time goes on. After that first night, we start spending a lot of time together. And there's a lot more that I could say about, you know, the red flags that I miss and things like that. But at the time, I saw this person who swept in and was so helpful. You know, they would help me with um, my the, the lab mix that I had that um, he was young and he was he was really a good dog. Like I said, it was a freak accident. And so I kept him for about a month while I was um, trying to rehome him because obviously I couldn't I couldn't deal with keeping him after that. But he was young and really good dog. And so, yeah, they, they kind of helped me with that. They helped me with um, my son. Right away, they were helping me, you know, with his bedtime routine, changing his diapers, which, you know, they had always said that they never wanted kids. I didn't know that they knew how to do those things. I think they kind of just watched me and figured it out. But right away, you know, making meals together and doing all these things and just really, really helpful in terms of just making my life easier, more fun, um, all the things. So now let's reframe the whole hero story and look at it with the lens of having been out of this relationship for the last, well, we broke up in August of 2021, but I didn't go no contact until October of 2021. And we were still living together up until that time. So, you know, it hasn't been very long since I got out of the situation, but I have learned so much and obviously my perspective has changed. Um, So yeah, let's dive into what was most likely really happening when my superhero (laughs) came along. Okay, I've already talked about how an abusive or narcissistic person will often gather a lot of information about you at the start of a relationship. One of my previous episodes is about just that, how you're basically, um, when you get caught up in the forest fire, fate, you know, incredible soulmate, all of a sudden type feeling that you get from them, you can accidentally give them sort of a guidebook to be able to abuse you in the future. They're often asking you a lot of questions. And you think that they're just super interested in you. They want to know everything about you really quickly, really early on because you're interesting. They're curious about you. They're in love with you. This is fate. They have to know everything. Which, by the way, y'all, why do we have to know everything about the person that we're interested in so quickly? Why can't we just slowly get to know each other over time? (laughs) Which, obviously, I highly recommend. I don't recommend moving at the speed of light. I'm speaking from experience, obviously. But my abuser in the early days did want to have a lot of conversations with me right off the bat. They wanted to know the things that I didn't like about my previous relationship with my son's dad. They wanted to know what I was lacking in that relationship so that obviously they could see what I was hoping for and then, of course, provide me with all of those things. I can't remember if I've talked about this in a previous episode or not, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. But, you know, they would meet all of my needs, such as like, you know, sex, you know, spending time with my child, spending time with me, physical touch, quality time, conversations, all kinds of things. And so, of course, you know, they are figuring out how to get in, how to like, where is that opening for them to be able to be with you? Um, 
again, remember, like, I'm not an expert and I'm not a narcissist. I'm just talking about, like, what I experienced and what I've learned. So I don't want anyone to come at me and be like, how do you even, like, what are you talking about? But really, you know, my ex did figure out that I wanted someone who was going to spend time with me and my son a lot. Someone's going to help me um, carry the carry the load. Sounds horrible because <laughs> he's a human. Um, but just like, you know, help me with like the day to day ins and outs of having a small child. And um, obviously just like being an emotionally supportive person, like after my dog had died and things like that. So with that knowledge that, you know, in the early days, they're kind of like calculating and figuring out what it is that you want and how they can meet your needs. Let's go ahead and dive into the rest of this. Was this person really a hero? As I said, I was in a super vulnerable situation and I was under the impression that I was being saved. What was most likely really happening was that my ex saw the opportunity to to how do I say this without I, I try not to use blaming language and be like oh they came along and they did you know um, but they saw the opportunity to make a world where I depended on them for a lot of things so essentially, as they started helping me more and more with my son, there was this other person, you know, bathing him, changing his diapers, making food. There's a lot of times like I would be playing with him and they would just walk out with a plate of food for him and for me. Uh, and they did, they really did do a lot of things that, like I said, helped make my life easier. My day to day was easier. They set me up in a lot of ways to be a more successful parent because they were helping so much and they were doing the nighttime routine because I was quote unquote horrible at it and I took too long, which, you know, that was more their need for control, which is a story for another day. Um, but over time, you know, when I would be trying to get out of the relationship, they would say things like, you know, who's going to help you with your son? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I do so much for you. So, What's important to notice here is that, you know, that's not a hero. If someone is genuinely trying to help you and make your life easier, they're probably not going to say that if you're trying to leave them. They're probably going to, you know, focus on some other things and hopefully respect your boundaries and realize that, you know, (laughs) you shouldn't have to be convincing someone to stay with you. Like, obviously, I was feeling unhappy. I was trying to get out of it um, and they didn't want that. So... It's it's really hard because you get stuck in this world of, oh yeah, they do so much for me. Oh yeah, they do help my son so much. Oh yeah, they do make my life easier. But if that person's really making your life easier, then why are you simultaneously, you know, wanting to break up with them? Simultaneously feeling more pain than you've ever felt in your entire life. You are you know, not trusting yourself. And while they're saying that they're, you know, making your life easier, they're also making your life much harder. Because like for me, you know, I've talked about this before. I was always walking around eggshells. I was first making sure that they were okay so that then I could take care of my son. And then of course, I didn't really have anything left to take care of myself. So is that really a hero? Or is that someone coming along and, like I said, setting up a world where you depend on them so much 
that you're probably not going to leave them. And like I said, now looking back, I can see this scenario in a lot of things that I experienced in that relationship. Everything that looking back, I thought was someone being very helpful. Um, you know, like they did help with the dogs a lot. They helped me remember to water my plants. They would help me, you know, like I said, make my lunches for work, things like this. Um, and of course, you know, I did a lot of things for myself too. Um, and for my son, but it really was a lot of of learning, like learned helplessness then, because then you get to a point where you're like, well, I can't do this by myself. I can't take care of the kid and the dogs and this and that, which guess what, y'all? I'm doing it now. Yes, I do have a little bit of help. However, like I'm doing all of the things that they said that I couldn't do. I even took my son and traveled around Europe for seven weeks, just the two of us, and I had no problem taking care of him then. Yes, I was tired. Yes, I had, you know, frustrating moments, but... um the whole hero versus villain situation becomes a lot more clear when you're trying to leave the relationship and you're finally understanding and seeing it for what it is and or you're out and you've been removed from it. Now, I don't really want to say that my ex is the villain because I don't like to sit here and think of myself as this like prey and they were the predator, although there is some truth to that. Um, if you are in this kind of situation and you are having trouble letting go of this person because you're like, oh, they came into my life and they changed everything, you know, everything got so much better. And like, now I don't understand why things are so bad. Like, you know, in the beginning, everything was, they were so loving and they helped me so much. And then all of a sudden they just like dropped me. And like, I just can't figure out what I need to do to get back to that beginning where they were helpful. I'm telling you right now, that's where I was for a very long time where I desperately was trying to figure out what I was doing wrong to make them not love me in the way that they did in the beginning. And I am going to do an episode about this because Lee Hammock at Mental Healness, who I talk about all the time, did a whole episode about narcissists chasing you until they <clears throat> have you and then they pass you so that you're chasing them. And that's a whole other story. But I don't know, I'm kind of babbling here, y'all. But my point is that if you are feeling the way that I just described, where you're like, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, something's wrong, but you're still holding on to the fact that like they have been good to you. And sometimes they help you and they say they want to get better. You are in a trauma bond. And wow, my voice just got really like, I, I sounded like I was like demeaning y'all and not like you're in a trauma bond, sweetie. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but like you are most likely in a trauma bond and it's very hard to break that. It's very hard to change your way of thinking. And, um, there's a lot of resources out there that can help you. Um, I would be happy to share some of the resources that helped me, but it's definitely important to look back on those times, journal about them, think about the things that you thought were, it sounds horrible, like you're rewriting the story to make it bad, but really what you're doing is understanding what was really happening in the times that you thought your life was a fairy tale all of a sudden. Um, because I do think that that's a very important part of being able to move on. Like now I can look back and I realize that my ex wasn't actually being this like amazing, benevolent helper, like innocently helping me, you know, bury my dog, take care of my dog, start taking care of my child, uh, my other dog, sorry, start taking care of my child, start like making lunches with me and things like that. It was not benevolent. It was serving them a purpose. And I do believe that in the beginning, narcissists really do actually think that they are going to have, like, this is the next level of their life and everything's going to be great. I really do think in the beginning that, you know, when they're going after people, unless it's like a new supply to 
you know, replace you and make you jealous and things like that. I really do believe that they think that they are doing good. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert. I'm really not an expert. I'm just talking about like what I've learned. I'm really just babbling y'all. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, but I just want you to, like I said, go back, journal, reconsider, like what was the true story? What was really going on here? Um, And I'm not asking you to go back and like hate this person if you don't hate them. But just give yourself some closure because they're not going to give it to you. You've got to give it to yourself. The closure is the way that you were treated. You know, look at the big picture here. Don't hold on to those little moments of happiness or those like fleeting, you know, times of peace in your relationship. So I hope this was helpful. I realized that it was a little bit chaotic because I'm just in here talking my head off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I hope it was helpful. Okay. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, you like my podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this message out to more people. I feel that it's a really important topic. And, um, especially since I am, I am talking about abuse in a queer relationship, although, like I said before, I do want this to be relatable to anyone who has been abused. Um, I really just want to get this in the ears of the right people, the people who need it. So I do appreciate your support. Also, if you want more, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Lindsay Goodman or at my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. Thank you so much, y'all, and I will be back soon.